Hey, this is Charles Bant from Full Moon, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad Podcast. This is episode number 318, where tonight... We are going to be talking about 2007's The Mist. I am here, of course, as always, with Todd and Steve. And Steve, this was your pick this week, correct? It was. I'm very excited. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, mostly because of the end. But also, it's one of my favorite director slash author combos. You know, I mean, Frank Darabont, X Stephen King, that's Shawshank, Green Mile, and this. I mean, fuck. Plus all The Walking Dead alumni yeah yeah right because yeah frank darabont did walking dead season one and two right so yeah i'm excited to do this one and i think there's a lot to discuss in this one as well so it should be a fun discussion excellent well other than that gentlemen how was your week anything fun or just going through life nothing nothing out of the ordinary thankfully so same old stuff which is also good right Right. i i am old I'm feeling old these days. I'm uh, I'm ripping up the carpet in the basement of my new house, and man, like bending over like that constantly, like ripping carpet and holy your knees, dude. My knees, my back, my, like everything. It's so yeah. It's it's just not the same anymore. So hopefully this is the last time I have to do something like this. You're, you're not a carpet guy. That's right. That's the first thing you ever do, huh? I, I've every house I've had. The first thing I do is rip out the carpet. I Zero carpet hate. everywhere. Uh, well, I have like a rug, you know, but okay. no, no carpet, no, okay. no carpet, none. I, li- I like a little carpet myself. You're a carpet like guy. To... You like it? No, I'm. A, I like it well, bare. Uh, <laughs> Steve <laughs> likes it raw. He likes. The, <laughs> uh, I mean, in like the rooms, it's always nice to get out of a bed and have a little nice little carpet. But... Yeah, you could put you could put area rugs though. Yeah, you know, right. that way you get the hardwood underneath. You know, it's it's, it's the cleaning thing that I just don't like you know yeah dealing with the carpet in that way that's yeah. what i really hate about it i guess it's, it gets too dirty i mean i'm ripping right. this one out i'm seeing what it looks like you know now that it's like being moved around and under and stuff it's like ugh, Gross. human particles and stuff <laughs> yeah. yeah skin it's, cells especially if you're a pet owner too man like oh, yeah. having rugs are the worst it's just like oof. although then you get the with the hard floor you get all those hairballs that you can just like ignore for three days <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, that's what my Roomba's for. Very true. Very true. <laughs> that's yeah, true. Yes. That's nice. That's a Welcome back to the uh, rug podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I bet there's a rug podcast. There has to be. Well, my be Roomba a... has our Roomba's called Jean Jacket and remember, <laughs> uh, for Nope. So yeah. there you go. we had a hard reference there. Mine's but... name's Corey, but not related to Halloween ends. It's just Corey. I don't know. <laughs> mine's, a, mine's a Doom Buggy. So. Doom Buggy, nice. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. All right, well, let's uh, get off rug and Roomba talk here <laughs> and start talking a little horror and uh, what we've been watching this week, gentlemen. Who wants to start us off? I'll go. I don't... Yeah, go. All right. Uh, so my first one this week is a uh, 2023 movie that I watched over on Tubi and is the final, for now, part of my subspecies series watch. It is subspecies five. Blood Rise, which is the last one made, but they tease another one, so I think uh, it will continue at some point. So, of course, this is uh, by Full Moon. And this one, they actually decide to do a prequel, so it shows kind of how Radu Vadislav becomes 
the kind of revered vampire that he is in the series. It goes all the way back to um, like when, you know, Christianity was starting and things like that. And, you know, it just goes through the different generations as he makes new vampires and he gets stronger and stronger and he starts to go more and more into the dark side because he does start off kind of human and then slowly decays over time into the Radu that we know in um, in the subspecies movies. I had very low expectations, if I'm going to be honest with you, not because I don't like the subspecies series. I think it's a pretty decent series but more because it's a full moon film in 2023 and having seen anything full moon in the last 10 years i i just have low expectations going in because everything has been absolute shit but to be honest this is the full moon that i like know and love this is the full moon that we should be getting all the time i talked about on news a couple weeks ago i think that full moon is having like a split div- division that's going to work on more horror type content And I believe this is the first one that kind of spearheaded that movement. And it shows because this is actually horror. I would actually say this is the best subspecies film out of the whole series, which is surprising. It's got great effects, great vampires, a great story. Anders Cove, who plays Radu, is fucking fantastic in this whole series. And I think he's one of the underrated horror characters, in my opinion. I gave it three out of five, which is pretty much what I gave a lot of the series, but I do think it is a little bit better than the other films in the series. So if you want to check it out, it is on Tubi. That's 2023's Subspecies 5. The best Full Moon franchise? Or would you give it to Puppet Master still? Oh, Franchise, yeah, I think Puppet Master. But although there's a lot of crap in Puppet Master 2 mm-hmm. uh, in the there later is. times. Like, this one's at least consistent. Like, there isn't a bad subspecies in my opinion like none of them are great either but there's none where i'm like wow that was fucking awful you know so i'll give it that for for the subspecies so it's, i think it's worthy of a watch if you like full moon stuff all right or ginger dead man you know it's yeah, i don't think been a, there hasn't been a miss in that franchise yes um all right i'll go next uh i am preparing for monster mania coming up in just a couple weeks cherry hill new jersey hopefully maybe i'll see some of you guys out there for that Uh, They're doing a 40th year anniversary of Children of the Corn, and I haven't seen it in forever. So, and I know most likely there will be a panel. So I was like, let me check it out and revisit it because it's been so long. And yeah, Children of the Corn, pretty basic plot, basically a group of kids that decide to just sort of take over the town one day by murdering all of the parents in this uh, Nebraskan, I believe it is small town and they just from there they just decide to run the town and linda hamilton and her boyfriend are on like some sort of road trip and they end up having car trouble i believe or no they hit a they hit one of the kids who's trying to escape and from there they end up in uh the town of gatlin i believe is what it's called and uh meet uh, all of the crazy kids and they must survive the craziness of the children uh, I gotta say, man, this movie to me like held up really, really well. I loved just seeing a young Linda Hamilton was great because I, uh, but and her and uh, the lead here guy, they do like a great job of, um, you know, they they do a good job of sort of playing the the hero characters in here. But obviously, the best and most interesting part is the characters of Malachi and Isaac and their sort of power trouble uh, struggle, I should say. Uh, you know, 
Isaac is the one I believe I'm sorry Isaac is the one in control and Malachi sort of doesn't agree with him and uh, just watching them sort of going back and forth is really really interesting and and cool the town the small town feel is really cool and just the intro to this movie is fucking insane with the kids just finally going off and killing all the parents it's pretty shocking especially like back then I can't imagine what the reaction was for it it's nothing I I never read like the Stephen King story this is based off of which I don't know if it was a short story or a novel Steve will probably know better than me but you know as the movie holds up I think it holds up still really well probably the best children of the corn movie because after that like I mean there's like 15 of them now and most of them are dog shit but for the first one it's solid Alrighty, my uh, first one is my homie TJ's pick for movie night, and it's Eyes of a Stranger, 1981, which a film I had never seen before, and it stars a very young Jennifer Jason Lee. She plays like a blind and deaf younger person, you know, 20s or something like that. And her sister, she lives with her sister, who's like a news reporter, and there's this fucking rapist slash murderer going around and, uh, you know, doing his thing. And it's the reporter like kind of figures it out she like she's investigating it the men in like the town or not the town the men in like the news agency are kind of like annoyed that she's taking it so seriously and she's like fuck it i'm gonna figure it out right so she starts stalking people and like finding out who the killer is and all that she narrows it down of course but no one believes her until one day she finds a guy's number like and calls him's like i know what you're fucking doing motherfucker blah 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 Big mistake because the guy watches the news and he recognizes her voice on the fucking TV and he's like, motherfucker. So he knows where she lives now and he uh, ends up sneaking into her house in a fucking excellent scene where it's only Jeremy Phyllis, Jason Lee, who's disabled, blind, and all that stuff in the house with him. And he's like kind of sneaking around, kind of like in Silence of the Lambs when uh, Jodie Foster's like sneaking around Buffalo Bob or sorry, Buffalo Bill. Is it Buffalo fucking Bob or Bill? I'm having a mind Bill. Here. <laughs> bill where he's messing around with his night vision goggles and stuff so kind of like that scene really effective really scary you feel for her because she's like you know at a like great disadvantage uh so i'll leave it at that it's an excellent film man it's a solid three and a half out of five i do wish we had more from jennifer jason lee because uh although i still felt for her character at the end you know where she's um at the guy's mercy i think she should have been a little bit more in the film so we get to know her character a little bit better so we can have that bigger connection other than that i thought it was freaking really cool so eyes of a stranger i think you can get it on prime for a fee but i mean blind by this one i think you really like it nice my last one this week is a movie from 1986 that was featured on the last drive-in with the joe bob briggs and that is vamp which I watch over on Tubi. So Vamp is the story of two guys and they're trying to get into a fraternity. And there's it's like a really weird fraternity where they're pretending to do like these horror rituals and stuff like that, but it doesn't work out. So they're like, we don't really want you in our fraternity. So they're, they say, okay, we're going to make a deal. We're going to get something for you, anything you want to let us into this uh, frat. And of course, what they want is a stripper. So they go into town and they go into a kind of shady part of that town. Uh, they run into a gang of vampires. They don't know that, but a, a gang of people who are vampires get into a fight with them and then kind of beat them up. So they kind of run away and they find the first strip club that they can to go get a stripper to bring back with them to uh, the frat house. And they go into this bar and, you know, it's a bar that happens to be 
full of vampires and a bunch of crazy shit ensues and that's pretty much the story it's them trying to work their way out of the uh, strip club and also not really being able to go outside because that gang of vampires is now hunting them there as well so they're neither safe on either end of the spectrum and that's kind of the gist of the story uh, i had never seen this one uh, i only watched it because it was on uh, the last drive-in and it, it's all right you know it, it was like enjoyable for a one-time watch the vampires look cool. I, I like the they're kind of a scarier looking vampire. They got the uh, really colorful characters and stuff like that, which I enjoyed. The head vamp vampire, I think it's cool. Unfortunately, I don't think we see her enough or what she can do enough. The things that are lacking is this is two two things you would expect in a movie like this. One, I don't feel there's enough horror in it. And two, I don't feel there's enough smut in it because it's set in a strip club and you don't get like a lot of boobs and stuff like that, which is just... It's just odd to me, like it doesn't work. I think if you're going to set it in the strip club, you need to kind of bring the smut up a little bit. And uh, yeah, I think that was a disappointment. It's still a decent film. I'd recommend people check it out if they like vampire stuff. And uh, it kind of says it's a comedy. I didn't really laugh all that much. It's not a haha type comedy. So it's kind of just one of those goofy college movies from the 80s. Uh, so I gave it three out of five. I think it's worth a watch, but nothing I'd watch again, probably. So that's Vamp 1986 over on Tubi. Alrighty. My last one tonight is a wrap-up of True Detective Night Country. Uh, last night was the season finale of season four of True Detective. So this season takes stars Jodie Foster, and it was about essentially uh, a group of scientists in Alaska who go missing, and then they are found dead which isn't really a spoiler because this happens very in the very first episode. But uh, and then it's basically they're trying to find out, uh, you know, what happened to these scientists in Alaska. I will say uh, the last two episodes, the first four episodes, man, I thought about jumping off because they are it's a slow go. It's a slow mover. Not a lot was happening. But I think they did a really good job of sticking the landing in episodes five and six. It's only a six-episode uh, season, so it is very short. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I'd say it was, like, worth it to me. But is it the best season of True Detective? Definitely not. I mean, season one was, a ma in my opinion, like a masterpiece of everything, like filmmaking and acting and stuff like that. The acting this season was solid for sure jo uh, by Jodie Foster and uh, Callie Race, who played Navarro. She was great uh, in this one. But yeah, I mean, I would rate the season, you know, like a uh, like a three and a half, I guess, out of five if I were to rate it. Yeah, I mean, it was decent. It's, it's, Sam loved it, though. So uh, she was like obsessed with it. So you know, I think if you are into, there were a lot of nods to the thing in this season, which was really cool, but it definitely wasn't like a horror, a horror like type show or anything like that. It was definitely like, I thought they were going to go certain ways with it that were going to be supernatural and horror, but we ended up not going that way, which I was fine with because it is true detective. You know, it's not supposed to be sort of a supernatural horror show, but there's definitely some elements in there. So... Yeah, I mean, overall, I would say a, a decent season. One still worth checking out, especially if you are a true detective fan. Just be forewarned, it is a bit of a, a slow go, but 
yeah, I'd say still worth it in the end. Yeah, season one's a masterpiece, man. That's like definitely best acting in anything. Yeah. <laughs> McConaughey and what's his mm-hmm. face are really good. Harrelson. Uh, yeah. yeah. What do you think about did you see season two? What'd you think about that? That's the last I stopped. Oh, definitely a drop off. <laughs> you know, yeah. season one was just so me. good though. That's right. It was all right, I thought. Not it's not hard to follow up. Yeah, I yeah, would say was, yeah, I mean I would say this is probably I I haven't watched season three yet. I skipped it, but if I were to rank the three, I would I would put this one over two. Yeah. I'll do and, although I do like Vince Vaughn as a serious actor though. I think he yeah. has the chops for it. Yeah. Great like, Norman um, Bates. <laughs> was he? <laughs> he was Norm yeah, in the psycho remake. No, I mean uh, I thought you said uh, great. No, no, I mean I was kidding. <laughs> I, I wanna rewatch that though. I, I don't know. Like Norman Bates. I watched yeah. it when it first first came out, and it's one I'd like to revisit one day. I'm, Who's that? I'm curious. Judy, is it Judy it's Dench? Judy that Dench. Plays... No, it's Anne Hesh. Anne Hesh. Yeah. Who's Judy oh. Dench? I yeah, I don't know. She's, She's the that... old lady. Yeah. <laughs> she, she plays she the dead as... mom. <laughs> yeah. She might yeah. be dead now. I don't know, but no, she's not. R.I.P. She is. All right, my last one here is a 1980, in my opinion, classic: Zombie Holocaust, aka Doctor Butcher, M. So New York City, there's like a medical school or whatever, and these bodies keep turning up with missing body parts. What the hell is going on? Then they catch like a like a native kind of person stealing shit, and they're like, what the fuck? So it opens up like this whole can of worms where, oh, we got to go to this nearby island. If you've seen Zombie, Lucio Fulci Zombie, it's like the same story beats. It's very strange, and they came out in the same year. And I'm like, you should watch, like if you're going to watch Zombie, watch Zombie Holocaust, like right afterwards, because it's really, like it's a good companion piece but anyway they go to the island and not only on their are there cannibals like uh, cannibal holocaust and they're eating people and when they capture someone they eat them right there but they're also zombies this uh weird uh doctor is essentially like trying to transfer human brains from body to body and they create zombies and stuff so i really like it man it's a fun movie it's not for everyone it's like italian zombies are usually a little bit slower a little more boring than like the american and korean and japanese counter- counterparts but man I love this movie, Zombie Holocaust, four out of five for me, and I have no idea if it's streaming anywhere. But you can get it from Severin Films, which is a really good label. So check it out. Todd, you didn't mention your punishment movie. I saw you rated it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> let's bring that up. My punishment for the Super Bowl, Zombie Ass, Toilet of the Dead, Japanese zombie film that I hated. All right, so <laughs> Fucking Steve. This is like a really good one because it's not like watching Dr. G- uh, Dr. Clown or whatever the fuck it was called or Trump versus Illuminati where you're just like hating your life. Like this one was entertaining. And there was this one scene in particular where this girl's like farting, like the entire film, she's farting. And uh, she goes into like a porta potty outhouse kind of thing and she like hovers over the toilet and you see her ass and everything. And then you like go into the toilet and you see like turds floating on the water and then this zombie slowly comes out and the turds are on his forehead it's really freaking funny she shits on his face he attacks her and it's it's like it's it's wild man i don't even know how to describe it it's it's called zombie ass toilet of the dead just leave it at that i mean go check it out on tubi you'll i guarantee you'll be entertained is it a good movie not in my opinion but it's a solid like bad what the hell am i watching good good film in it if i watch in a group i guarantee i would have had a better time with it but as it stands it's a two out of five for me over on tv well, well if you steve gave it a four <laughs> psychopath i was like if you'd like to watch it in a group 
I believe this is Steve's movie club pick for this month. Correct, yes, Steve? That's, that's right. I like to punish everyone while I'm at it. Jeez. So yeah, so the day this episode releases is our monthly movie club. And I picked Zombie-Ass Toilet of the Dead because I think it is a fun group setting movie because it's fucking wild, man. It's there are weird. so many things that happen in this movie. I laughed so hard at the last like five minutes when her special power comes out. <laughs> that Oh my God, it was it was great. So I can't wait to share the love and the uh, the farts with our listeners. So all you have to do is be on our Discord and I'll send a link. It's a Zoom link and you just watch along and we chat about it as we watch it. And it's, it's, it's always a lot of fun. All right, excellent. And how you get to Movie Club? Join our Discord if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, Steve will put out that link in the Movie Club channel every single month. And you can join in in a great movie watching experience with a lot of us so please join the movie club every month we're always looking for new people to join in Mm. all right gentlemen todd bust out the book let's hear the scores for trivia through the pages here okay in the lead quarter one is your boy the dethroned champion from steve last year Mm -hmm. at seven uh, seven points steve at four joe at two quarter number one we have about a month and a week left for this quarter, so I'm not watching fucking Toilet Dead, so <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Who would like to lead off? I'll lead off, actually. I got it open. Do it. All right. So we all know who plays Andy in Child's Play, correct? In the first yes. film? Yes. Yes. But what actor plays him in Child's Play Part 3 from 1991? Yes. He is someone <laughs> I've always wanted to meet. Um, I don't think he's ever done a convention, though. But names. I don't. I guys like names. Yeah, we're no. great at names. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know the actor's name there. I, I, you know, I just looked this up like recently too, but I definitely do not recall it. I have no idea. Well, Justin Whalen. Mm. Shout out to Justin Whalen who needs to do a con, so Joe can get a eight by ten. Yes, please. Any relation to Sean Whalen? I don't even know who that is, so I'm gonna guess from uh, Roach. People yeah. under the stairs. Twister, bunch of uh, Twister. Oh, yeah. him. Yeah, I don't know. Good question. That'd be awesome. That goofy-looking motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Who plays uh, Malachi in fucking the movie you're just talking about? John <laughs> Franklin. Okay. Or Which is it? No, the, wait. The I always one? confuse Malachi and Isaac. All right, Isaac, I believe, is John Franklin, and Malachi is um Courtney Gaines. Okay, Courtney mm-hmm. Gaines. Okay, that's from, what I was thinking of. It's from be- the beloved Candy Corn, of course. The be- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Flawless movie. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right, I'll go next. All right. All right. Billy, Billy Halleck. Billy. From Thinner. Thinner. Stephen King's Thinner, uh-huh. of course, was charged in court with what crime? Oh, in real life? No. Or in the movie. No, no, in the movie. What was oh, he charged he, with? Vehicular uh, assault? For, for DUI and vehicular manslaughter. Correct. I'll give it to you. It, I don't think he was he was technically wasn't DUI, but it was vehicular manslaughter. So I will I will okay. give it to you, Todd. Thank you. He's getting fucking roadhead. Yes, which, he right? was. Yeah, that's what he was. <laughs> I don't know him. how, because he had fucking like Five a forty five inch <laughs> gut. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She found her way. She, she knew she knew her way around. The, <laughs> the gun on the back of her head. And, I don't know. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Mine are all a little tricky this week. 
but Ooh. I'll narrow down the field considerably for you guys. They're all Stephen King written. I movies. hold on. I, I feel bad for Steve because like he knows our fucking law terminology. <laughs> yeah. In Canada, it's called vehicle assault. I was right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, did he say vehicle assault? I, I did. I mean, yeah. Okay, I didn't even hear that. So I don't everyone know. gets a point. Yeah, give. I'll give you both right, a point. Both point. Cool. I'll give you. Although yeah, assault right. means he lived and manslaughter <laughs> says he died, but whatever. Right. All right. So all all but all my questions tonight has Stephen King movies or miniseries. Okay. Right. Lovely. First, of course, guess the movie by the rental guide on IMDb. Oh, okay. Sex and nudity. Oh. A character makes comments at another character about washing down there, as Ooh. well as comments referencing that she knows he secretly masturbates when she isn't looking. <laughs> As we all do. <laughs> Violence and gore. A man has an apparent heart attack and dies. Later, his friends are distraught when crows land on his body and begin pecking at it. Wow. Okay. Profanity. Got that one. There are some sexual comments made, nothing particularly explicit, mostly innuendo, including down there, between the sheets, and mommy issues. Hmm. I think I got a guess, but I don't want to fucking blow it out right now. I have a guess too. Where'd she go? Right. She shoot it out there. Carrie. Wrong. <laughs> Peer pressure. All right. <laughs> Alcohol, drugs, and smoking. A man comments that he wants a morphine milkshake. Yeah, I think I know what it is, but I'm going to let you keep going. Yeah, one more. All right. Frightening and intense scenes. A character telekinetically causes rocks and sheets of ice to fall from the sky and pop out of the ground, destroying a neighbor's house. The characters are visibly upset by this, and the scene may disturb some viewers. Well, I was wrong with what I thought it was. <laughs> I'll throw it out there, though. The stand? No. Okay, fuck me. You guys want one more guess? Yeah, the ice one. That should be a telltale sign. Um, ice and rocks fall from the sky? Rocks, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. also, it's a, it's, yeah, telekinesis is not in a lot of Steam King movies. Firestarter? Wrong. That's what I would have thought, too, but no. What, what did you say first? What was your first guess, Joe? Was it Carrie? I yeah. don't know. He, did, you, he said yeah. Carrie. He said <laughs> Carrie and Firestarter. Thank you, Steven. Um, shoot. Telekinesis. That's should be a dead giveaway. Should be. Um, Matilda. Wrong. Uh, <laughs> so a great is... Stephen King novel, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it is a rose red. Rose no. red. Never seen it. I've never seen it either. Oh, it's it's, it's decent. Yeah. I know it's decent. got the girl from uh, Halloween Town. It does. It? Yeah, Kimberly oh, yeah. J. Brown. Mm -hmm. And it's big a mini series. That's, that's actually what I knew her from first. Is from Rose Red. <laughs> nice. All right, ready? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. What is the name of the evil organization trying to create more evil? In Halloween Part Six, The Curse of Michael Myers from 1995. I don't know, so I'm just going to say Silver organization. Shamrock. <laughs> Silver Shamrock would not be correct, Steve. I know, I it's... figured as much, but <laughs> but what? Uh, yeah, it's like a, a group of persons. A cult of thorn. Mm, that might be it. Yeah. Cult of thorn. Yeah. <laughs> very that nice. Is it. Thank you. Yeah, it's a cult of thorn. Thank you very much. All right, guess the movie based on the IMDb information. Okay. This movie was released in 2007 with a rating of PG-13. Currently sitting at a 6.8 out of 10 on the website. 
directed by Mikhail Halfstrong. Cast, Mary McCormick, Tony Shaloub, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Tagline, nobody lasts more than an hour. Uh, Any guesses? 13 Ghosts? Incorrect. I think that wasn't 2007 either. It's a good guess. (laughs) That's the only thing I know Tony Shalhoub from horror. All right. Uh, nobody lasts more than. I have no idea. Joe's, title of Joe's sex tape. How about <laughs> another tagline? Enjoy your stay. Ooh, uh, is it? Um, Tony Shining. Know, the Shining, like uh, the the re- remake. No. Okay. Enjoy your stay. Hold on. Let me get one. Um, is it? Is Tony Shalhoub in? Vacancy. Incorrect. Man. I have no idea. Enjoy your stay. Enjoy your stay. Well, based on the terrifying novel by Stephen King was the other tagline. Starring Samuel Jackson and John Cusack. Oh, Dreamcatcher? The movie 14, is 1408. Oh, 1408. That's right. Gosh, which Todd gave a whopping one star. It sucks, dude. I, stand I like 1408. And I uh, oh, I listened to the audiobook the first time I went to Salem. Oh, man, it was awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I the thought audio the movie book. solid. Yeah. No, the movie is okay, but the, the it was Stephen King. Oh, he, he's terrible. <laughs> he's, like, oh, he's he narrated it. Yeah, yeah I, I can't imagine. <laughs> he he always a good does narrator. like he always really upsells his main accent, and I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, man. He, it, like he would do scary sound, and he's just like. E <laughs> and my wife and I were laughing. Like, God damn. <laughs> All right. The door creaked open. <laughs> right. Uh, guess the movie by the Did You Know section on IMDb. Okay. This is trivia. Mm-hmm. Hemingford Home is not only the residence of Mother Abigail Fremantle in The Stand, but also the adult home of architect Ben Hanscombe in It. This is the third movie to be set in Hemingford Home. Dr. Sleep. Wrong. Fuck. Ooh, load early. Too early. All right. Quotes. Henry James. I can't pray now or ever again. I think if I got down on my knees, God would strike me dead. I hope there is no God. I imagine all murderers hope there isn't. Because if there's no heaven, then there's no hell. Damn it. Goofs. It's a factual error. Bit of a giveaway, if if you ask me. The various currencies found around the house are small $20 bills. They were only made after 1929. All the currency should have been large size notes, not in terms of denominations, but physical size. And finally, so it's another trivia because the crazy credits was just, it was like a nothing. This will be the main actor's third starring role uh, based on the works of Stephen King. I'm not going to name the actor because it's too easy. Interesting. Uh, you got anything, Todd? Uh, you guessed, so you have to wait for you. I, I, I know. I don't. I'm asking. You have nothing. I got nothing. Is it the Green Mile? Wrong. Uh, I'm Would assuming you? it's horror, right? It is. Okay. Uh, I mean, it takes, so it takes place in some sort of old time manner of some type. Old, old time ish, okay. right? Yes. <sighs> I said, yeah. Stephen King. You guys go. Yeah. 
So this was Thomas Jane's. Salem's Lot. Nope. It was Thomas Jane's third role in a Stephen wow. King film. 1923. 1922. Yeah. 22. Uh-huh. I, I never watched that. Seen that one. I don't think I've seen that one either. Oh, really? No. That sucks. Wait, it sucks. Yeah. I thought we did watch uh, it. I thought we is, that the one, is that the one where they're in the corn or something? Yeah. No. That, okay. Yeah, then I did watch that one. We, that wasn't. 1922. That was um, not. Oh, in the tall grass. Come across like a bowling alley. In the tall grass. grass. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one I've seen. It it was around the same time too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. It's not good. All right. Uh, Last but not least, here, I'm going to need the full title of this film. What is the third film in the Urban Legend franchise? Bloody Mary. Correct. Yeah. On fire today. Yeah, it's baby. Coming alive, it's coming alive. <laughs> All righty. Three letterbox reviews. Let's see if you can guess the movie. Number one. I didn't know growing corn was such a fucked up process. Oh, I know. It's Secret Window. Correct. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> I thought maybe a Children of the Corn reference. I thought maybe you guys would go that way with it, but good job. Okay, so my last one, regular question. In which movie does Stephen King have a cameo in for the very first time? Ooh. So what was his first cameo? And I will give Pretty you sure a hint. Oh, I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll strike it from the record. Yeah, <laughs> strike for the record. Uh, I'll give you it's a hint. It, it's not a Stephen King story. Oh, uh, okay. So it's not a Stephen King movie. It's not a Stephen King movie. No. Um, let's go with. Uh... Silence of the Lambs. Wrong. Okay. He's definitely oh, been in stuff way before that. that. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you oh, another yeah, hint after. Uh... I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a hint. Well, I'll, do you want to guess first? Because Todd guessed, or do you have no idea? What? No, I have no clue. Okay, so I'll, I'll give you guys a hint. I'll give you two hints, actually, just to make it a lot easier. One, it's a non-horror movie. Okay. But two, he was on set for a horror reason. Okay. His first time in a film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get a year or like a decade. It's in the 80s. 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 Which, I mean, yeah, and he started writing in the late 70s. So. Right. <clears throat> hmm. You guys give up? Yeah. yeah. I, I have no guess. It is George A. Romero's Night Riders. Ah. He, he was on set because they were also oh. writing Creep Show during filming. I love that. What does he come up in Night Riders? It's been a while. He's uh, he's a, he's in the audience with his wife Tabitha King. There, yeah, cool. he's like a goofy kind of goofy guy. Yeah, they they show him a lot. He's just like yeah, basically he, he's almost playing like Jody Barrel before. You know, just mm. like man, I hate fucking Jody Barrel. <laughs> so he's awful. Come on, come on, he's come on, come on, he's like. Come on. That is it. All right. Steve and Joe, both with the bigger night of two apiece. Myself, one, which brings us to myself in the lead still with eight. Steve, six. Joe, four for quarter number one. All right. Closer now. Any minutes. It it was bad after that first week. It was like six, one, one. (laughs) Or after two weeks or whatever. All righty. Well, stay tuned, folks, as trivia heats up. But in the meantime... Let's get into it. Our main event of the evening, 2007's The Mist, 
directed by Frank Darabont, starring Thomas Jane, Marsha Gay Harden, Lori Holden, and Andre Brower. Plot. A freak storm unleashes a species of bloodthirsty creatures on a small town where a small band of citizens hole up in a supermarket and fight for their lives. Kind of weirded, worded weird there, Todd. So let's uh do better, IMDb. Um, so, Todd, why don't you give us okay. the plot synopsis? I'll give you the old one. college try here. All right, we start off. Thomas Jane is a famous artist. He makes uh, movie posters. So we see The Thing. Uh, we see Gunslinger that he's working on. He's got a small child. He's got a wife. And then the storm rolls through, right? Fucking knocks out his studio. He wakes up in the morning. Everyone's safe. But, hey, the power's knocked out. TV, we can't call anybody. What the hell? Yeah, he goes over to his neighbor's house who they had a property disagreement uh, in the book. Like, uh, his neighbor's is like this high-class lawyer. Well, in the movie, too. And he always has this chip on his shoulder. Like, the locals don't like me. Blah, blah, blah. So they both agreed to go down to the local supermarket to get some supplies for the family. Um, but they notice, like, on the lake, like, hey, there's fucking mist. Like, what's that about? I don't know. Let's go to the supermarket anyway. So they go. They're doing their shopping. They kind of bury the hatchet a little bit. He takes his son with them, and they're hanging out. And then the mist, like, keeps getting, like, weirder. Cop cars are going by, fire department, all that stuff. And then this dude uh, runs in, like, there's something in the mist. He's all bloody and shit. Some people believe him. Some don't. One guy's like, fuck it, I'm going out there. Blood curdling scream, things like that. So things are escalating, right? We have a generator on in the in the grocery store that is uh, spewing out you know CO2 emissions, right? So it's kind of clogged up. Uh, Thomas Jane's like, dude, we shouldn't go out there, man. Like, I heard a fucking noise. He's like, no one had heard a noise. You're fucking big city boy with your with your poster making artistry. We're gonna go handle it like some good old boys do, right? Uh, fucking Norm, this like 16 year old punk kid. He's like, I'm tough. Calls Thomas Jane a pussy under his breath. And he goes outside just to get snatched by some uh, terrible CGI tentacles. And eventually he is killed. And then they're like, shit, we're dealing with some stuff. But no, it's not enough to uh, to prove it to everybody else. Uh, the high-class lawyer from next door is like, man, Thomas Jane, you think I'm an idiot because I don't live here. You're just making a joke. We're going to go on a mission. We'll, you know, fuck off. We'll be fine. They're not going to be fine, though. They die. We'll leave it at that. And we follow the characters as, you know, Miss Carmony. She's the local annoying lady uh she's preaching saying that, hey it's the end of times you're all sinners so they start having little splinter groups in the in the grocery store we have some soldiers that are there because nearby um the arrowhead project this little base right it, it starts like floating around that the soldiers were doing some experimentation maybe they had a portal into another world i don't know we'll see so we got soldiers we got carmony we have thomas jane we got a teacher we got the butcher we got everybody and they start arguing and Eventually, they need to figure out what to do next. Saw it in the drive-in theater, actually, when it came out. So that was a cool memory. Overall, I like it. Is, is the ending absolutely brutal? Ugh, hell yeah. One of the worst endings of all time. Very hard to get through. But I do have major issues with it that we'll discuss later. I think the uh, film is a little bit too long. But I really love how they filmed this. They actually filmed, um, use a crew from the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. So they're able to shoot it a lot faster. And you can tell like the, it's kind of like a TV style. But overall, I really like this film. And uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I uh, I remember seeing this in theaters for sure when it first came out. And uh, I have not, I've seen it like here and there, like it's on TV a lot, um, I feel like. Um, so I've watched it quite a bit here and there, but I haven't sat down and watched it in probably a solid five or six years. And um, I, I love this one. I've always thought it, it was really great. It's, 
yeah, I mean, the CGI isn't great, you know, at, at parts here, but at other times, I feel like it's not that bad, like, you know, either. Like, I think the biggest issue is definitely that first view of the CGI with the tentacles coming into the the loading dock, but, like, then I think it gets better. Like, I think, you know, the what with the locusts and, and the, the sort of pterodactyl-type things that come into the store, I think those looked a little better. And then towards the end, when we get into, like, the really great ones that you kind of see faintly in the fog, which was the right choice to make, you know, and you can't see them as well, I think that's when it's probably its most effective and creepiest. I think this movie does a, gr a great job of, you know, for a movie, it's over two hours, but I never really found myself bored. Like, I feel like it does a pretty good job of always keeping you interested in what's happening, whether it be sort of the, you know, the sort of the sort of, I guess, social issues that come forth uh, in the supermarket between people or just the monsters outside, you know, and then of course we, you know, when we get to the ending, that's its whole, a whole discussion in and of itself. But yeah, I mean, I've always thought this one was great. I still think it holds up really well today. And uh, yeah, I think it's one of the, the better King adaptations out there. Yeah, I also saw this in theaters uh, the first time, and I remember it vividly because I remember the reaction of the audience I was with when that ending hit. It was fucking dead quiet. Uh, I've only had that reaction twice in a theater where people were just in their seats quiet as the credits started rolling, and it was this movie, and then the other one was um, An Inception, and... It was just, we were shocked by what we had seen. And that always kind of left, you know, kind of memory of me. I think it's one of the most brutal endings of all time in a good way, in a way, you know. And yeah, and I wasn't sure how the movie would hold up after, you know, seven years since I've probably seen it last. And I think it does a lot, like, very well. I really enjoyed watching it. It's got a huge variety of creatures. It's not just, like, one creature that's attacking. There's constantly different situations happening. Because there are so many people in this store, which is also rare for a movie like this. Usually when people are stuck in somewhere, it's always like a small group of five to ten people at most. There's a lot of people in the store, which really created a lot of different dynamics. Now, of course, they only focus on certain ones, but it's it just made it feel more real to me that there were that many people in the store at the same time. And it was interesting to see, like, what side people would fall on, what their reasoning is for falling on that side, uh, how they would deal with the monsters, like, the different ideas to come up. And you see a lot of parallel with real life, you know, like, the way people think and the way people segregate themselves from other, from each other from for different religious reasons or political reasons or whatever. And I thought it was a really interesting, like, character treatment and to see how things you know how people think and it, i i thought it was great honestly i there's a lot to love about it the horror was more than i remembered as well there there are a lot of kills in this they're interesting you they like talk enough about what's going on but not so much that it's unbelievable like too unbelievable yeah I, I think there's just a lot of great stuff about it now is it a perfect movie no like todd said i think it is a little long at times and some like storylines that go on, I think could have been cut or could have been maybe trimmed down or changed or things like that. But overall, I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. Yeah, I want to go back to the beginning with Norton. 
he's definitely me when uh, a lawn tool doesn't work. Cocksucker, fuck! He's trying to start up his chainsaw. I remember one time <laughs> I was weed eating, and uh, the fucking weed eater, like, it, the line got fucked up or something. And I'm like, motherfucker! And I turn around, and there's, like, these, like, two kids, like, five years old on their little scooters. I'm like, sorry. But uh, I thought that was really funny. And then when Norm gets attacked, I love the little final fuck you to him where he gets pulled out and he hits his head on the, the door. I'm like, this guy's suffering enough. Let's knock him on the head real quick. I, I just love that little uh, little uh, bonus little hit he gets. Yeah, there, there's so much to talk about it with this movie. So uh, let's just start, I guess, right at the beginning. So I, I like that he has like a movie, I don't know, it's like movie marketing, I guess is what he does. Now, I was curious why the thing was back there. Uh, is he working on the remake, maybe? which is, I guess, yeah, possible. The remake piece. came out in 2011. Uh, maybe it was a tease for the Dark Tower as well. Like for, <laughs> I, I think it's like a parallel about aliens, right? Mm, like maybe. this movie has the aliens like in it. So I just felt like it was sort of like a nod they, to that. They, would you call them aliens? I would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they are, right? So because they, they said yeah. it's a portal to like another Like dimension. another dimension, yeah. It's basically so the Stargate, it's like, right? It's a, it's a mix. Yes. I'd say it's a mixture of like monsters they're like aliens but they're like creatures that came from like another like universe so i guess you would call them aliens I, well when i when i think universe i think like in space terms you know or a parallel dimension which i thought it doesn't fucking matter honestly yeah <laughs> I, long. <laughs> I, I love how fucking nonchalant he is about the tree going into his house and destroying That's his fun. fucking boathouse he's just like all right, I'll go to the store and I'll I'll get something to tape up get the window. Like, yeah, like he's totally like not at all rattled by this. I don't know if there's something that happens often in his neighborhood where people it's like a place where they get twisters and shit. But yeah, I thought maybe he should freak out a little bit more with this situation. But I, I kind of get it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a you you made a good point. It's a, like it's a really cool ensemble because even small characters get some kind of little bit of story you know like we know who the butcher is by his actions uh we know who like um the good old boys are because of their actions you know so it's like they do a very good job of having a lot of characters but not like oversaturating it where you're like who the, f who the fuck is this i think personally you could have done without the little soldier slash um ring girl whatever you call her shopkeep whatever mm. uh, yeah, yeah. love Love yeah, yeah, the, the cashier that like is yeah, in love yeah, with the yeah. soldier. Yeah. Right. He's first of all, those three are fucking pussies. Like, get up and help. Put Seriously, right? Like they don't help at all. You guys are in peak physical condition. <laughs> you fucking assholes. Get up there. But fuck them. Like I good riddance to him getting stabbed and sacrificed at the end. I don't care. But what well, yeah, so we got the misc rolling in, we got monsters. Like, where, where do you guys stand? Like, are you guys being like, Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm on Thomas James team or are you like more of like eh, let me get more evidence i would have thrown more than a can of peas <laughs> like <laughs> let me put it that way like she would not have survived much longer in that movie uh yeah. I, I i'm definitely on time the practical side i think is where it goes to now i, I don't say that people who are religious like it's not you know a, a good thing like if you need solace in god that that's totally yeah. your your thing but to start dictating like sacrifice and yeah. you know all that kind of shit is where I draw the line. When you start affecting my shit, is where you know I think it's it gets a little too far. Now, if you want to pray, that's your thing. Just you know, I go on the practical side. It's how how can we get out of this situation? How can we like barricade this place and how you know try to figure out a way out? So that's so I would be on Thomas Chain's side in that regard. Why my question is like why are they in such a rush to get the fuck out of there? 
because like they have they had all the supplies and stuff like that like why were you like trying to find family members you know or out there like the girl said like her kids are right i'm alone and i feel for her and she's damn she's like there's no fucking gentleman's gonna take a lady home there was like i'm fucking not going out there no fuck her (laughs) man i ain't going out there either in this movie (laughs) i that's where i would have died you would have took her. I would have been like, all right, if if my if yeah. I don't have a kid with me, sure. Well, you, you know what idiot. though? No, you wouldn't. Why? Because she lives. How? Yeah, she's she, a, we don't she, know. She, she's no, we yeah, do. See that? She's we'll, the we'll one. Get, we'll we, we'll get into that, right? Because yeah. I feel like that is one of the biggest fucking plot holes of this entire movie. Like, there's no fucking way. Every single other person that went out there, like, died or ran back into the supermarket thomas jane did it Tom, Tom, yeah he, he made it to the car if her car was close i think she could have made it all right okay, yeah. remind, well but she didn't drive i thought about, i thought she was looking for he, a walk he, home she, i thought she, she walked she, there yeah to, just to remind todd uh thomas jane sees her on the bus that the military is the oh, with, with, and she's yeah, got her two kids with her kids like, yeah with yeah. her wow. kids so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i guess it makes sense because it's early on and the the creatures wouldn't be all like fucking around yet and That's they, have, true, they have a lot of like victims to attack at that point. It's yeah. like they got plenty of food where later. Yeah, so I would have lived. Awesome. See, I, I think guys. I would have died too because, like, I, I, I mean, I think I would have went out like right away too. Me I was like, well, fuck. Like, I would have been that guy who's like, fuck this and like ran out to his car and got fucking destroyed. I'd been like, fuck. Yeah, I would have, I would have tried i mean obviously like the longer you stayed there you kind of know but yeah i mean i feel like like man like you have all the f- i i guess i can understand like the people who wanted to go to their loved ones or something like that but i just think it was you have like a, a almost uh what like maybe fucking months supply like, months and yeah. months supply of food water perishables and shit like that like what is your big fucking rush to get out there like i i would wait it out man like i would wait it out for a while and see and hope that either some sort of rescue is coming mm. or you just know you're totally fucked and nothing's ever going to happen. And then, you know, I'd probably go to the Thomas Jane route in the end or, so or the it. other people and just, yeah, just fucking die. Or that one lady who OD'd on the uh, prescription so drugs there. Yeah. I, I do. I, well, I guess that's Norton, right? Norton had like a power trip and he's like, I, I have to be right. I'm above all these locals. Right. But here's the thing that bothers me, and I don't know if maybe I missed a, a, a key like feature a point or something, but like when the dude goes out and he has like a blood curdling scream, right? In the beginning, everyone in that store witnesses that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it drives me nuts when the two guys go back in the back room with Thomas Jane and the stock boy and they ridicule him about hearing a noise, but they all just witnessed mm-hmm. a dude potentially being murdered, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, are they willfully forgetting that or is that a plot hole or did I miss something that explains why they're being fucking assholes? I mean, they didn't see anything. So I think it's more just like denial of what is happening yet. Like you don't fully know, like, yeah, you heard the guy scream, but we don't know like if he died or if, like mm, maybe something point. else happened. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, I could see what, like I probably would have been one of the ones to be like, Oh, let me run out there and I'll clear the shit. But like also, like I wouldn't have because they even say like that generator doesn't matter. I forget why the generator didn't matter. They were um, but they were like, we don't even need it because oh, I think it was because they said the cold, the perishables or the cold will still you know keep good for a while. But if you are gonna be stuck there for months, I mean, you definitely want that generator working and having that cold, um, shit, you know, yeah, for, well, cold for as long as you want. What what I didn't get is uh, Norton 
so they say they have a tentacle like piece in the back room and he won't even like go back there he won't walk 20 feet to go like okay let, you know like let, let's just see if this is true you know he totally just denies it he's so right so sure that he's right he's just like no fuck you guys it's wrong and that was like that was weird but that's also kind of society too right it's like they don't want to make the effort to actually do the research and spew you know whatever people say and that's yeah it's it's weird it's, but that's how it is why do you think like Marsha Gay Harden goes like full crazy though? Like, do you think it's just because like she saw like she was able to get like she was kind of unhinged anyway? Like, because um, all even Carmody? mentions Miss Carmody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, they mentioned that she's like the town weirdo. Right. So, do you think just because like she started seeing she had people started getting people on her side, she knew she could. But like, why sacrifice? Like, she just didn't see like a type that would be like crazy enough to sacrifice people. But I guess if she is like fucking unhinged like sacrificing people would make sense to her i don't know it's it's well, weird because obviously she's like a super religious freak like you see her sort of praying to herself in the bathroom at that one point and stuff like that but i, I just don't understand like why do you feel like the need to be sacrificing people like what what is the benefit of that i guess I think, maybe i missed that point that well, part she, she does reference the bible with abraham right. sacrificing a son Mm -hmm. so i think that's like well i mean with these people whether it's religion or politics or whatever it's like if you have a strong belief to the point of like craziness you'll find any justification like, yeah i'm right see i'm right you know right so i think she's just using that like got power drunk off it dude because the weak-minded people in the the store like the dude one of the dudes the good old boys was like jubilation or whatever the fuck he said over and over again right but uh she just got power hungry man went to her head and she's like i'm right you're wrong so I got a question for you guys. There's a scene where those like scorpion fucking flying things are attacking the store and yeah. it goes right on her and it kind of yes. crawls up, up her, but then it, it spares her and goes away. It does that to no one else in this movie. Why? Mm -hmm. Pure coincidence and a, and a great uh, a plot point, like to set a plot, plot point in motion, you know, cause she says, you know, they're coming and stuff. So that, you know, that, Locust deciding not to sting her and kill her in that moment makes her seem like she is like the chosen one, which makes other people sort of buy in to her to her bullshit. But like in my opinion, it's just pure and utter coincidence that the thing didn't sting her uh, in that moment and went away. So yeah, I just think it was to set that sort of plot in motion to gain more followers for her. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you'll have a bee land on you outside and just you look at it and it flies away and it right. sting the next person. You don't know why. So yeah, but she definitely needed that. And that kill of that girl that was freaking brutal when it stabbed Great. her in the neck. Yeah. Yeah. That's br yeah, that's a brutal way to go for sure. That whole scene, I mean, did you I mean, did you think the CGI was better? I know you mentioned that CGI was shitty. I, I did. I thought yeah. it was pretty rough. Especially in the beginning. It did get a little better, and I agree, like show the stuff in the mist. Vaguely, mm -hmm. and I think it's more effective than showing like the spiders like jumping around. And you're like, Yeah, personally, I, I thought it was pretty rough. I thought these were cool, like, this scene was cool in general. Like, when like, man, that one William Sadler's character just fucking why is he turning on all the lights in that situation? Seriously? I, I, yeah. I didn't fully understand why the fuck he's running around when everyone's like screaming, <laughs> just turning on every fucking light in the place. But that was great, man. And those things are creepy, man. Like, the locusts are creepy in and of itself, but those fucking massive. 
like pterodactyl creature flying things man those th- that's when i would be like man we are fucked <laughs> like when the, you know because before that you really didn't see anything too crazy like even the big locust you're like oh shit that's fucking wild but once i started seeing those other things and this and man like once again like maybe a bit of a, a stretch man because i feel like when that window broke way more of those things would have fucking flown in i don't know how they were able to keep them all out and because i feel like it would have been pure pandemonium and there's no way they would have like been able to seal that off without a million of those locust things flying in oh yeah i would have been swarmed yeah uh, they, they would have been fucked <laughs> how about the the girl the lady that can't summon enough strength to pull back a four-year-old boy when the fucking flying creature is walking towards them and then, right, like, the, yeah, yeah. the dude, like, no. the system manager's gonna shoot, but he can't. <laughs> right. Come on, come on. Uh, it's funny. Fun fact in the book, uh, Thomas Jane bangs uh, oh. the blonde. Lori, Lori, Lori uh, Holden. Yeah. Oh, nice. Did nice. not know that. Yeah. The next, I guess, big like sort of action sequences after that when they do go to the, which I, I mean, it was a great scene. But I feel like if we're going to cut anything out of this movie, maybe the spider scene when they go to the pharmacy. Like, this movie is over two hours long. So I guess if you're going to cut anything, I would maybe cut that just because we did have the action sequence with the locusts and the flying things. It is still a great scene, though. Um, It's really cool to see the spiders with uh, that hat. They have, like, sort of a... I don't know, like a radioactive web that like burns your skin on contact. Yeah, Yeah, like which was pretty, that was pretty cool. And just like when the dude fucking falls and all the spiders come out of his, it's definitely like a, uh, you know, send chills down your, especially if you have like a fear of spiders type scene. But I don't feel like it really added anything as far as like plot to the plot or anything like that. It's more of just another sort of creepy sort of crawly scene. But, uh, you know, I so, think we could have cut this down to an hour and a half if we wanted to. <laughs> I, I kind of disagree because what I liked about that scene is, A, it's the first time you get out of the store in the movie, like, after they get trapped in it. So it just breaks up the monotony of being inside that store. It also sets in motion William Sadler's turn from being kind of on Thomas Jean's side to the religious side. And it's also where they find the uh, the MP who starts kind of the motion of the military is the, you know, knew about this and are ultimately the ones who caused it, which is what brings to us to the end of the movie. So I think it was important of a scene. Now, what I thought was funny in that scene, which they do a lot in a lot of movies is okay. You big actor, you big actor, you big actor, come with me. And you three randos, you come with me too. And then you're just like, oh yeah. Red, the red shirts. <laughs> the, the red shirts are coming in and you know exactly what's going to happen. But I love that scene because it gave us yet another variation of the creatures. It gave us the spider creatures and they were terrifying in their own way. This would make a freak, great fucking game. Like uh, they need to, it's almost like I guess Silent Hill because of the mist and everything. But to have like a monster game with just all these crazy monsters is, It'd be fucking cool because I think that is one of the best things about this movie is the variety of creatures. It wasn't always the same creature attacking. And they seemed to get like worse and worse as the movie went on, which was uh, really cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, w- would you got, what would you have done in our, the situation? Would you have been like what Ollie, so Ollie decide, you know, we get to that scene with Miss, is it Dormady? Is that her name? Miss Dormady? Miss Carmody. Um, the religious zealot, uh, she, you know, she decides they want to leave and she's like, you're not leaving. We're going to fucking 
sacrifice your son. They want to grab the son. Boom! Shoot her Ollie, in the fucking yeah, head. Yeah. Shoot her in the head. <laughs> would you? Is that? Would you guys Hell agree yeah. with that situation? I mean, right? I. I mm-hmm. What else are you gonna do with that? I mean, I guess you don't need to, right? I guess you could have tied her up, but she had so many followers in that moment. I think the, really the only thing you could do in that well, situation was kill her. We we already know what she's capable of, and she right. led the mob to stab the soldier. Right, like fourteen fucking times and sacrifice them, and the butcher's right. got, you know, is behind you, and I think you got to shoot her and start shooting anybody because then that you just need to get out at that point because everyone's fucking lost their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I did want to talk about the son real quick. I props, he's he's a good actor, like the kid, and he mm-hmm. could easily like fucking annoyed everybody, but no, he's good, and he actually yeah. alludes to the ending too. He talks to the soldiers and he tells them like, can't you guys just get your friends to come rescue us like with tanks and stuff. And that's exactly what fucking happens <laughs> in the end if Thomas Jane just would have fucking taken his earplugs out and listened. But uh, yeah, I love the spiders. It was really cool. I love when he falls and it like bursts open and they start mm-hmm. coming out. That's spiders are always fucking gross and they're little web shooters. It's really dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, a little like key dad moment there, which I really loved. And it's such a quick moment, but I thought it was a nice touch is when he goes to the stores, the first thing he sees is a comic book stand, and he quickly grabs one, puts it in his pocket. That's like dad of the year right there, you know? <laughs> it's like crazy situation, but he's still thinking of his son. Like, I need to find something to entertain him. So I thought that was a nice, like, little touch that I guess most people would miss because it's so quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I so guess it's escape, time. Yeah. It's time to get to the ending, right? I guess. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, they, they, you know, they make their escape. They get in the car. And they punch encounter people, people die in the parking lot, right? And they encounter like crazy shit on their ride. Some I, this is where I think the movie shines monster design wise because you don't see them, you know, as clear as you do some of the other ones. But some just the monsters, you know, you have one that's fucking towering, like you know, it's got to be fucking a hundred feet tall or whatever. Just walking around, kind of looks like a woolly mammoth type thing, but with like ten legs. Very um Lovecraftian, honestly. Like it had like a bunch of ten- tentacles and shit like that, and just like other like sort of crazy shit along the way. They run out of gas. <laughs> yeah, well, one thing before that though yeah. that was I thought was really tragic is he actually goes home first, right, home uh, first, and yeah. and f- finds his wife uh, webbed up against the window that broke because she ended up yeah. trying to fix it herself. Because I guess he was taking too long. Um, yeah. So I thought that was, uh, a, a, you know, like a, the first of many tragic things to happen in this mm-hmm. ending. Uh, so that was pretty crazy. Well, maybe if he didn't go home, they would have survived because he would have had more gas <laughs> to keep driving. You know, right, I don't maybe. know. <laughs> but I don't blame him. You know, I think I would have went home too to see if my wife, you know, or whoever was was still there. But yeah, they, uh, yeah, they run out of gas and seems like all hope is lost. Like, you know, the fog is not cleared up. And yeah, he's got a gun, four bullets, five people. And they decide, you know, I'm I'm going to shoot the four of you and I will figure it out along the way. And probably one of the most shocking, I would say, scenes in probably a mainstream movie, you know, from what I heard, Darren bought like they I mean, this is a complete change from the original source material, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Stephen yes. King him Stephen King himself said he loved this ending. And from what I heard, Darren Bot said he wouldn't direct the movie unless they gave him this ending. This was Darren Bot's decision um, to uh, do this ending this way. But yeah, he fucking 
massacres the the four people in the car there, which is his son, his young son, Laurie Holden, uh, Laurie Holden's character, teacher, um, the blonde, the teacher, and then the two older people, uh, Jeffrey Demun is his name from Walking Dead as well. And uh, the old bat with the glasses, (laughs) Dale, and then the old lady with the glasses uh, shoots the four of them. And yeah, he fucking just is, you know, distraught, tries to kill himself, even though there's no more bullets, just fucking tries to unload an empty chamber on himself, screaming, goes out, fucking mist clears, fucking a few minutes later, and here are the tanks, and the mist has cleared, the army has come in. Has saved everybody. We don't ever see the people in the supermarket saved, but we are to assume that everyone in the supermarket as well has been saved. But we do see, like Steve had mentioned earlier, Carol from Walking Dead, her character who, you know, wanted her way out, uh, who was looking for people to kind of walk her out. She did end up surviving with her two kids, and you see all a bunch of other survivors along the way and fade to credits. I mean, I me I, I don't know. You guys can take it over. I'll give you my initial thoughts when I first saw this and kind of I guess like why I guess they decided to go with such a mean-spirited ending. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting choice. Yeah. So the first thing in that whole sequence that really fucking just wow is his son wakes up right before he's about to get mm-hmm. shot, which he had to actually look in his son's eyes as he shot him in the head, which is just like what the fuck. Uh, and I love Thomas Jane's reaction to all this like he is just distraught beyond belief tries to shoot himself but of course there's no bullets left he is at complete like despair right so he essentially decides to sacrifice himself by having the monsters kill him uh, outside of the car now i'm gonna i told you guys offline i think i don't think i said during the episode but I must have watched this in in a multiverse because uh, there's a Mandela effect for me. I remember this ending completely differently than how it happened. Now, of course, I remembered them getting shot and him coming out of the car and everything. But I, A, did not remember that the religious woman was killed. I thought she lived. I thought they just left, you know, kind of the religious group behind. And I thought that the bus that you see walk, uh, driving by was all the people from the supermarket that like like had he just stayed an extra you know six hours or whatever he would have lived and that to me was even more of a fuck you ending because not only did he just kill his people but then all the people he hated (laughs) you know survived so i i I totally didn't remember that it was carol that uh, survived and everything but it's like such a fuck you ending in the sense that not only did he kill his family but then they get saved like who knows how long after we we don't get a a timestamp but it presumably almost right after it's just wow the feelings he must have gone through and that epic score throughout that whole drive actually was just awesome mm. and i think it was the wise choice you know not a lot of movies have the balls to do this and the ones that do we we tend to remember you know people talk about the fuck you endings you know usual suspects uh this arlington road people remember the fuck you endings because people don't have the balls to do them and i think had they not done that ending it's still a good movie, but I don't know if we'd be reviewing it today because it might have just gotten lost in the shuffle of movies in the 2000s. So I think it was a wise ending and one I'll never fucking forget. Yeah, so I, I mirror what you guys said. It, it, it's a very powerful ending. His anguish, his fucking raw emotion that he portrays, it's it's just, it's it's hard. It's brutal, especially as a father seeing that too. 
my issue with it though is like there needed to be a time jump in my opinion because there's zero like he shoots him he cries he gets out of the truck and then the fucking army shows up that ending by itself is just ridiculous to me right if they would have had like it fucking cuts tonight and we know he's been sitting there outside and nothing's killed him yet then the army comes i, I i'll all right cool i'm behind it this is i understand a giant nitpick it's a fucking movie it's not real life but you know i i, I served in the fucking unit that had tanks armored personnel carriers and infantry and i was infantryman right so tanks literally rumble the ground around you there's no fucking missing those uh, they had air support. They had helicopters coming in, which when you're around those, you cannot hear a single fucking thing. They're so loud. APCs, big old fucking diesel engines, things like that. And then men just fucking having a good time shooting bugs out of the air. So <laughs> I cannot forgive it because you get outside, you're going to feel it. You're going to hear it. Your car you're in is going to be shaking like a fucking T-Rex is walking up on you. So like that, I understand. Once again, it's a giant nitpick, but I just can't forgive it without a time jump. So it knocks it down for me. And I get it's a shocking ending. And I personally, as a dad, would not do that. I think I would just get out on foot and go from there. But yeah, it, it's, I, no, I wouldn't be able to do that personally. But yeah, it's stupid. Time well, jump. I'm, 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 I'm on board. No time jump. Go fuck yourself. But could it be that he was so distraught that he just didn't, like, think about it? Because, I mean, he just saw it. Like, he just saw his son. No, his, because his before side that. piece. And like the two people, right? Like I think he was so <laughs> distraught and in his own mind that he just wasn't thinking about the military, like whatever sound. He just thought it was the monster. No, no, no. Before that, though, he. No, no, yeah, but be... before that, you would be hearing and feeling the stuff, right? And is if is your argument that before he kills everybody, he just assumes that they're monsters? I can definitely believe that. Mm -hmm. But because yeah, they even like I come guess... across them, right? We don't know how loud those monsters are. We don't know like what their situation is I, and yeah they I don't, don't sound like cars though <laughs> i don't know i, I, I don't think know. I, I yeah i no, i get like, I, I, totally I, I get what you're saying of course because yeah i mean that there's a lot of fucking tanks and shit too it's yeah like... there's a full fucking army's coming dude. <laughs> yeah. the abrams themselves are giant fucking machines and it's like you know they're shooting those fucking cannons off of those giant creatures so i don't know whatever that's just my personal nitpick with it. It's yeah. a great fucking ending, and it's powerful, and hats off to them for pulling off, because gosh damn, that's one, I mean, like you said, one of the most talked about endings of all time, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's where this movie became so divisive. Like, it's like it's such a love-it-or-hate-it type movie, and I think this ending is the big reason why you're either going to love the ending or you're going to hate it. I remember loving it when it ended the first time I ever saw it in the theaters. I was like, wow, it just the movie has balls. Like Steve said, like not a lot of movies have the balls these days, especially a mainstream movie, like a movie that got a major theater release and, and stuff like that. And just, you know, main, I, the mainstream, obviously as horror fans, we are used to a lot of mean spirited movies and stuff like that. But I think just the casual movie goer going to see this probably was shocked, you know, I, and I, I dug it. I dug the hell out of it. Looking now that we are, you know, we review movies and really dissect them. Watching it this time, my thought process changed a little. I still think it's a great ending, but now my, I start, I tend to think like, why? Like, why? Like, what is the point of this ending? What is the director trying to say with it? You know, at the end of the day. And it's like, 
you know, is the theme, you know, we are our own worst enemy type thing, or is it patience is virtue, you know, or is it just as simple as there's doesn't need to be an explanation and it's just he wanted to just make it a dark sort of mean-spirited ending? Personally, I see it as just a shocking for shocking sake kind of ending. Yeah, I actually disagree. Okay, I'm gonna say a real life example and just trigger warning. It's it's not something that's easy to talk about. So fast forward two two minutes if you don't want to hear this. But it's the choice between burning in a fire or jumping out the building, and that's just the choice you make. Do you want to get killed by those monsters and maybe be tortured, webbed up, have spiders come out of your stomach, or do you take the kind of quicker and less painful way out and die instantly and i think that's the choice that we're faced with some people prefer to go out with the fight some people prefer to die you know painless i think they that was their choice and that's you know i think it's a real world thing so i can agree with that i can see where you're going with that my the only issue i take with that for this movie personally is all hope technically wasn't lost yet right they could like todd had mentioned they could have you know, gotten out of the car and walked around. Now they had seen it previously that probably not the best way to go, but you still could have, you know, you know, gotten out and fought it. But like you said, I mean, some people just don't have that, don't want to have that fight in them. And they're just scared, I guess, uh, of what is out there. So yeah, I mean, it's an, it's an interesting sort of thought process. Yeah. I think a counterpoint to that too is comparing like the a fire to a creature is like, you're a hundred stories up you're not fist fighting the fire you know what i mean and i understand your comparison it makes a lot of sense but like to joe's point too like hope is not lost yet i can see if like they're surrounded and they're out of gas and these creatures are fucking seconds away from getting in executing your fucking son which i personally want to do still but it's like i don't know it, it the, the timing is just not good I think you needed to add a time, like you needed to add something that's pressing. Like they have to do it. Like you have to make a decision now because at that point there's nothing around. You saw one creature walk by, but that was about it. I don't know. Both points make sense. But but also they've presented in the movie that every time they go outside, no one really lasted that long before at the very least getting attacked. Right. So that's kind of, I think what their perspective is that, you know, they got a child, two old people, and then, you know, two people who probably could defend themselves. I think they were fucked. And they only had four bullets. So they very few options to live. And I think that's how they saw it as a disparate move. What are you guys doing in that situation? I'd wait in the car as long as I could. Honestly, I just hope. I would have never. (laughs) I mean, I, I understand why they had to leave the supermarket. If that never came up, I obviously would have stayed in the supermarket as long as fucking possible. But if I had to go out there, yeah, I think I would have. I, I mean, I don't think I would have gave up. I don't think I would have, you know, killed myself in that moment. I think I would have found a way, tried to find a way. Let's see if we can find another car that starts, you know, or something like that. You know, I, I definitely wouldn't have taken the easy way out. I don't think I'd have the balls to shoot myself either. Like I would have done the fucking. Well, you didn't, you didn't though. He, he shot. Well, he shot all like, them. The, right. the exact same scenario. You're, you're shooting your son and then three other Oh, people. you know, if they all wanted it, 
I, I, you know, because he didn't give his son a choice. He fucking just killed his son. The other three did want to die. So I think I would, if the other three like wanted to die and are like, you know, just do it. I, I, you know, I want, I think I would like, you know, in that scenario, like all hope does seem sort of lost, but I, I, I wouldn't have shot my own son. Like that's for sure. I would have killed the three of them maybe and then taken my son with me and tried to find solace if that's Fuck what it, they I'm really wanted. I'm taking these four bullets with me. You're all, you're all fucked. <laughs> Yeah, I do. You're waiting. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking like, I, I, I just wouldn't have done it. <laughs> I don't think I, guess I could. Put in your, I, I guess put it into context since you guys don't have kids, like mm-hmm. your wife, Steve, and then Joe, you're basically wife. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. No, I don't I think I do it unless your, like your she cats, was, Steve. unless she, unless she was like mortally wounded or something like that. Obviously, yeah, no, I don't think I could do it. Unless, like it, like you said, like like she just like kind of refused to walk or something, and just was like, I, I've given up, like or whatever. I don't know if I would leave her there to get eaten by the aliens or or the monsters. You know, I'd be like, okay, yeah, well, it's, here, it's not like a walking dead situation where she got bit and then you know she's gonna turn anyway, right? Yeah, so it's like there's hope. There's, there's some. There's no easy answer, and at the end of the day, it's a horror movie that poses a good question man like what would you do in this situation because like we we all touched upon it's like people are fucking nuts and you never know what you're gonna get like the supermarket could have been a safe haven but no you have some fucking crackpot like running her mouth stroking the flames and shit and you know that would absolutely happen today you know what i mean in the in the state of the world we live in so i don't know it's hard it's hard to say what you do but still pretty good ending right what do you think happens yeah. after this? Tom Shane goes fucking jail. That's that was my next question. No, I don't think so. Cause you know, technically, like, there's no proof he did it. I guess, and I don't think like anyone is out there like, oh, we have to like convict this guy. He you know what himself, I mean? Right. I would think. Yeah. I don't think he can live with himself after that. Yeah, I would think he probably kills himself, or he ends up in a fucking psych ward or something like you know something like that. But I just don't see a happy ending for his character there. I mean, how could you, yeah. right? Yeah, the guilt absolutely. you'd have to live with, like, uh, it's just brutal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. pretty depressing, but that's, this movie is, <laughs> yeah. this movie is a very, a depressing movie, a very depressing ending. And it's what made it so memorable. So yeah, I guess, is that about it, gentlemen? Should we get into rating this? Yeah, sure. Okay. I'll start us off. I'm going to give it a four out of five. I think it's a, a great movie. One of the, the better. I think I think you guys are right. Without the ending, I think it's a solid creature feature, but something that's probably more middle of the road. And what sort of makes this movie is that ending. And it's what makes it so un, sort of forgettable. And yeah, yeah, four out of five for me. I'm slightly lower at a three and a half out of five, but a, a strong three and a half out of five. I think it's still a little bit too long. CGI is a little bit bad, um, quite a quite a few different parts. And I don't see the logic in the ending, although I do think the ending is fucking ballsy and kicks ass. I still don't see the logic in it, even though I know it's a nitpick, the reason why I don't like it. So three and a half out of five. And I'm uh, four to five as well. It's a good creature feature, man. There are a lot of creatures, a lot of kills, a lot of attacks. It's a lot of variety, like I said. And the ending is just a cherry on top. You know, it's a rotten cherry, but it's still a cherry on top. And it's one I'll never forget. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I like this one a lot. And Frank Darabont, man. 
fucking three for three on Stephen King adaptations, right? Yeah, fucking Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, and this one. I mean, he needs to do more. I think. The Walking Dead too. Yeah. So, there you go. Underrated uh, director, I think, in a lot of ways here. He hasn't done a lot, but everything he has done I got, is I got his fucking gold. Do you? I do, yeah. He uh on what? Uh so Stephen King, there's a there's a book about Stephen King. It's like people Stephen King has worked with, and a bunch of them signed it, and he was in part of that. So I have oh. him in, in, in that book. I'll post a picture on Discord so people can see it. Nice. Very, very cool. And the audience. Gives this one a 3.4 currently over on Letterboxd. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Right, right about that, where we are as well. Show right now, so. Yeah. Sweet. So, sweet. All right. Well, I think that is going to be about it then, gentlemen, for this week's episode. Next week, what do we got, Steve? We're reviewing Congo. So, nice 90s film there with uh, Amy the Ape. And starring Ernie Hudson, uh, we got Tim Curry, and we also got a little bit of Bruce Campbell. So, yeah, that's what we're reviewing next week. Looking forward to it. Check it out for next week's episode. In the meantime, you can keep up with us on our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Threads. Just search The Horror Squad Podcast. You can email us anytime, Podcast at gmail.com. But, of course, you know it. The absolute best way to keep up with the podcast is our Discord. All you got to do is send us a DM through any of our socials, send us an email, or it's also linked on our Instagram, and you can join our Discord completely free. Amazing community over there. Movie club every month along with a ton of other stuff. So please join us over on our Discord. Do not forget important dates coming up June 7th through the 9th. Living Dead Weekend in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. The entire squad will be there, along with a ton of uh, our listeners as well. It is the official Horror Squad podcast meetup, so if you want to come hang out with us and your fellow listeners, please join us June 7th through the 9th, livingdeadweekend.com for details. And we are doing the 1 p.m. mall tour on that Saturday, so you can join us for that as well. Tickets for that mall tour will probably sell out, so definitely grab those tickets if you do plan on attending. Also, October 11th through the 13th is our Hocus Pocus event in Salem, Massachusetts, which, I don't even think we've mentioned this yet, the two mystery guests have been revealed for that. Uh, Larry uh, Bagby and Tobias Jelinek, if I'm pronouncing that right, um, but you know them as uh, you you know them as the bullies, Jay and Ernie. So uh, they will be joining. Call him Ice, Joe. And Ice, yes, he's not Ernie anymore. He's Ice. Uh, they will be joining, of course, the core four from last year: uh, Armory Cats, Jason Marsden, Vanessa Shaw, and Thora Birch. The you know the three main kids. And Binks the Cat uh, from them. So we will have six guests this year. It's going to be a great weekend in Salem, Massachusetts. That is October 11th through the 13th. It's just a bunch of Halloween.com for all details on that one. Tickets have not gone on sale yet, but they will be on sale very soon. A whole weekend of events planned for that. And merch. Don't forget merch. Tpublic.com. Just search the Horror Squad podcast and you can find our merch. That's also linked over on our Instagram as well. But a lot of fun designs over there. We are planning more designs hopefully soon. But uh, go and support the podcast there. You can also support the podcast by leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. That would help us greatly. And that's it, folks. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week for It 
follows. See ya. Bye. Bye. Come on!